Welcome to the Channel Champions Podcast, powered by Evolve IP, hosted by Zach Anderson. Today, we'll explore the always evolving landscape of the IT, telephony, and communications channel. If you are a trusted advisor, strategist, IT consultant, or sales engineer, this one's for you. Today's guest is... Welcome, everybody, to the Channel Champions Podcast. This is episode 11. I have two amazing guests with me today. These two have a combined experience of eight years in the channel and 30 combined years in the technology space. They are the founders of Adaptive Advisors, the founders of the Technology Advisor Alliance, and are authors of two published books. They are two true channel champions. And I'm happy to welcome Ashley and Ryan Rowland. Would you guys like to give a little bit more of an intro? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. You you make us sound so young with those combined uh, years. No. <laughs> you know, it is kind of young in the channel. Channel is one of those places where, you know, you, it just seems like if you've been in the channel for like five years, you're still brand new. <laughs> true. Right? Very true. <laughs> I'm basically an infant in the channel at this point. I'm like nine months in. So I think, I think uh, seasoned, just learning to walk. Right. I, I think seasoned yes. is a better <laughs> word than than old. So anyway. Totally. Anyway, yes. Thank you both so much for coming on. Um, today, we're going to cover a lot. I know you guys are very busy um, with what you do. Uh, part of a lot of different organizations and very busy, very active on LinkedIn. I see you both all the time. Um, so Today's topic is going to be about how to be proactive as a technology advisor, how to collaborate with other agents. I think, you know, I've touched on this a lot in my episodes, but there's definitely an appetite for collaboration in the partner community, the agent community, um, and ultimately how high tides raise all ships. So before we get into that, I definitely want to touch on um, a little bit of backstory. So whoever wants to go first, I'd love to hear about how you both broke into the technology space, where it started, and uh, I, I like that meme, how it started, how it's going. Just anyway, yes, I'm a nerd. Totally. Um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I guess for me, Ryan, it was go kind ahead. Of a, since you, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty much I was born into it. Um, <laughs> you know, I came from a family of serial entrepreneurs. My parents ran a managed services company growing up, um, so. I just kind of fell into it and, you know, had a love of technology, you know, from a very young age and I've done everything, you know, kind of from working for municipalities, building out uh, municipal fiber and wireless networks to, you know, working for, you know, big carriers like Comcast where Ashley and I ultimately met. Yeah. And I just kind of got lucky through a dart, picked Comcast. They hired me. I had I've always been a salesperson, I think, since I was a child, you know, and Comcast let me in their doors and I just ate it up. You know, they they had such a wonderful comp plan while I was there that I couldn't leave. And I'm I'm so happy I stayed as long as I did, which was eight and a half years, because I met Ryan towards the, the end of my time there, mm -hmm. you know, around maybe year six or so. And, you know, from there, we, um, you know, once we decided that we were in love and wanted to make a life together, um, we had a couple babies and, you know, 
after having kids, we just realized that we didn't want to stay in corporate America. We wanted freedom and we wanted to be able to make all of our own choices, decide which meetings we take, decide which customers we work with. Mm -hmm. And so that really led us to start our company in 2019. Love it. What an interesting time to start a company. <laughs> yes, Obviously. I know the, the timing. It was weird. You know, when the pandemic hit, we kind of got double hit because our nanny also left us at the time. Mm-hmm. And we had two babies, really. Right. I mean, they were one and two. Yep. And all of the daycares were full. So we were, you know, we were in a situation where we had this, you know, big house with a big mortgage payment and no nanny and two of us, you know, just trying to figure out how to get this company going. Mm -hmm. And we went from, you know, two incomes, you know, two healthy incomes to, you know, one Mm -hmm. where it's just Ryan, Ryan held down the fort and I was, you know, the sole like face of adaptive when we first started. Right. And it was, it was definitely scary at first, but one of the things I think that Ryan and I are so good at, right? (laughs) Myself on the back is we, you know, we just like execute, we make decisions and then we just go for it. If something's not perfect, that's okay. We believe in, you know, done is better than perfect. Right. So we just, we just put our minds to it and we're like, we're going to make this happen. Mm -hmm. So we, we made a lot of adjustments. We sold our house. We moved into an RV, believe it or not, wow. and we traveled the country. And you know, part of that was uh, for pleasure, for excitement. You know, uh, we were like, pandemic, this sucks. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> Let's go places in our RV. Let's get outside. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we just made some financial adjustments. And we were so thankful that we did it mm-hmm. because we're in a position now where, you know, we make enough recurring income that our our bills are covered. So anything we sell each month is icing is extra, mm-hmm. right? It's just building it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're not like most companies, I think, or most technology advisors where it's, they have like big goals and let's, you know, build as fast as we can hire a lot of employees, get acquired. Uh, we're kind of the opposite of that. We're, we're much, very much minimalist. Mm-hmm. So our company is just the two of us on purpose and we want to enjoy life. You know, we, we realize that work will always be here. You yep. know, we're marketable. We can go get jobs. We can go make our own money. We figure that out anytime. But our kids will only be young for it's a short period of time. So, you know, our focus really is to spend as much time with them as possible while they still like us. Right. 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 That was a very long winded answer, but hopefully that explained our journey a little bit. To be fair, we didn't start, you know, with that clarity. Like it took us, it took us a lot of trial and error to get there. You know, um, we, you know, initially did think that we needed to grow quickly and bring people on and have sub agents and have employees and look very big. Um, and, you know, we did fall into that trap and it took us a little while to realize, you know, that wasn't the direction we wanted to head and we weren't building the lifestyle that we wanted. And, right. you know, the focused family, you know, family time that we were after. Uh, so we actually kind of took our business in one direction and then deconstructed it and took it all the way back to just Ashley and I. And now it's very intentionally lean and mean and just Ashley and I. Sure. And Ryan, you were telling me, and we didn't talk about this last time we spoke, but... You guys are getting ready to move 
to Portugal. That's <laughs> yes, the next crazy yes. adventure for us. That's, that's the next adventure. We're wild and crazy. You know, <laughs> we, we just want a new experience for our kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, picture this, Zach. We wake up in the morning. It's, it's Portugal. Everyone in the United States is sleeping. Mm-hmm. So we just get our whole day. Our kids go to school. Ryan and I get to work out, walk the beach all day, just be at peace because there's no one we need to email right away. Right. And then, you know, when our kids go to bed at 8 p.m. Portugal, Portugal time, mm-hmm. that's when we go to work, right? Mm-hmm. We get on calls. We do our thing just like normal because, um, I mean, that's what we do anyway. We work, we work a little during the day, work a little during the night. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're very hopeful that this will be a great move for us. It's amazing. So are you, uh, are you both kind of night owls then? I mean, that sounds like a long day, you know, cause kids, I know, wake up very early. So you're talking, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. six or seven a.m. all the way to, you know, got, you know, you got to take calls in the evening. So, like, what's the plan there? I think as an entrepreneur, you just sort of sacrifice sleep anyway. So we're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So tell me about what it was like running a business out of an RV, and how does that work? Where do you get internet from? Yeah, that was that was challenging. Um, I think now with Starlink, it would have mm. been exponentially easier. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was a huge challenge. Um, we actually started the RV plan before the pandemic hit. So we bought this big Class A motorhome for whatever reason. It was like three years old. And we decided, hey, we're going to gut this thing, you know, nose mm-hmm. to tail and remodel the whole thing. Because, of course, let's just make this, you know, endeavor even harder on ourselves. Yeah. Why not? And then the pandemic hits and we're like, well, we're really invested. So we're going for it. Um, But initially the plan was like, we'll just take turns. Like, you know, one of us will hang at the RV with the kids. We'll go into a coffee shop or a library, grab some Wi-Fi, you know, get some work done. And the pandemic hit and that shut down. Like there was no going to the library. There was no going to the coffee shop. So we had to have connectivity at the RV. And we quickly found that like, you know, even really high end RV resorts, Wi-Fi is crap. Like it's sure. unusable 99.9% mm-hmm. of the time. Uh, so yeah, we had a little pep link cellular router and a big external antenna on the roof uh, with four, three carrier SIM cards in it. And we could load balance across, you know, the carrier networks. Um, but it was tough because we would plan locations and do as much research as we could. And sometimes we'd get somewhere and the connectivity wasn't usable and we'd have to scrap that location and figure something out. Um, and at first it wasn't too bad, but then once the whole nation figured out that you could actually still get out and travel and go to the national parks and, you know, all these things in an RV, the logistics became just completely overwhelming. We had to book everything six months out to get spots. And then plans would change. Like we got chased out of the West by wildfires and it completely derailed months of planning. And it just, it just became a a chore and a half. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how we made it work, but it was tough. Right. How, how long were you (laughs) actually get through that? You can get through anything. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. How long were you actually in the RV then? Nine, nine, 10 months. Yeah. It's about. About nine months. Wow. Yeah. I think the hardest part was not having any breaks from the kids. And that, that sounds awful. I love hey. my kids, hey. but <laughs> it's just nonstop. You know, it's like your boss is always in the room ordering you around, yeah. 
asking you for the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty hard for us. Um, but we, we made it out and our business, I would say our business didn't suffer. It, it still grew probably not as fast as it could have grown, but, um, yeah, we're happy with, with where we ended up. That's great. So talk to me about, you know, when you started adaptive, what was the, I mean, did you have an idea in mind for, um, like special, you know, like your specific specialties of certain types of solutions that you have like that go to market plan? Like, let's start with what we're comfortable with. Cause you know, I've talked to a lot of partners. They obviously want to provide that value to their customer and position themselves as a technology expert. Right. So talk me through that. And, um, what was sort of your, your go-to-market plan for adaptive? I've got an answer, but I'll let you take first, Pat. All right. Well, um, I'll try to keep my bat short so that you can answer this question because this is a great question, Zach. Um, and I think that, um, you know, at first when we started, we thought that we needed to be experts in everything. Sure. So, you know, on our website, we were like, we're experts in you know, CCAS and security and I've never sold those things. Right. So once we kind of dialed it back and realized we didn't have to be anything, we could just be ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it just, it just ran so much more smoothly. Mm. Um, I am excellent at SMB. That's what I'm really good at. I can't turn down an SMB deal. Um, but Ryan's laughing because we have a silly inside joke, which I can't say on this podcast, but, um, so yeah, I, I focus on that. And then, you know, Ryan works with our enterprise customers because he is an, a network engineer. Um, Ryan, I'll let you kind of answer Zach's question. Yeah, I, I think it was a bit of a journey for me because I had never been in like a pure sales role. I had always been, you know, on the development side or engineering side and then at Comcast uh, sales engineering. Um, so it was hard for me to shift from, you know, being kind of the technology and product expert, um, to really shifting, you know, my focus to being like the procurement expert. And mm -hmm. that's where, you know, we've kind of found a lot of success and res yeah, that resonates with our customers is we have so many resources in the channel from vendors to the TSDs who have the smart guys who do live and breathe security all day, every day for the past 30 years, or, you know, CCAS, um, we, you know, really bring value in saving them the headache of, you know, going to Google, uh, you're asking your 50 best friends, who do they like? And, you know, trying to sift mm -hmm. through all the vendors and just saying, Hey, like, I'm not an expert in that, but, I know the vendors who are top of the field, you know, let's learn a little bit about your business. Let's learn about what you're trying to accomplish. And then we can put the best couple of vendors in front of you and save you all of that headache. We can bring the smart guys into the room to talk to you. Um, and that was a hard pivot for me from, you know, being that engineer that's brought in to, you know, being that person who's making the connections. Mm -hmm. Do you find that it's, um, easier or harder to have conversations about specific solutions that you are an expert in, like going too deep into the weeds with uh, prospective customers? Um, I, I think I've definitely gotten better about that. I do love when I run into like a solid network engineer and I can put my little propeller hat on and just like mm -hmm. nerd out. Uh, you know, I still relish those opportunities. 
Um, but you know, it, uh, with most customers, um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm including everybody in the room, you know, even if there is that temptation to, you know, engage in what might be an exciting conversation for me, I never want to put other people in the room in the position where they're kind of like pushed by the wayside and they're not part of that conversation and guide, you know, engage. Mm -hmm. I can, I can take that as a sidebar conversation. Um, I think that's really important, you know, just making sure when you leave every engagement that every person that was in that meeting feels heard and feels like they were engaged and part of that conversation. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's, it's always tough in sales because you, you almost have to dumb down a lot of the conversations because, you know, you could come off as, um, you know, maybe, and especially when you, when you have so many different suppliers to choose from, you can come off as like, you know, only trying to pitch like what, you know, and I think customers want that, you know, the reason they work with a technology advisor, um, in the first place is to have, is to save them time on, you know, searching for those technologies. So like, it's always hard to (laughs) not just regurgitate everything that, you know, and really, you know, play out the discovery process and stuff like that. So, um, as far as discovery goes, like when you meet a new customer, do you focus more on C levels? Do you focus on IT leadership? How does that work for you guys? I mean, we try to involve as many people as, as possible, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever the initial contact is, you know, we'll, um, you know, that person is the expert on their organization. So we just, you know, really lean in and, and try to find out, you know, obviously who else, who else is a stakeholder. Mm -hmm. Um, so for us, I guess it varies by size of customers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, our, with our favorite customers are always our repeat customers. And in those organizations, you know, we know 10 plus people in, in the company. Right. So, um, you know, I don't know. I think it helps obviously knowing, knowing as many people as you can. Ryan, what do you think? I think, um, uh, somebody used the term land and expand on uh, one of our TA uh, live events yesterday. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, people make the mistake though, of trying to go up the food chain rather than um, nurturing the relationship with the person who you have contact with and really building that trust. Um, people see that initial contact, you know, if their title's not high enough, they're the foot in the door. Like, Hey, can you connect me to your CTO? Can you connect me to your CSO? Uh, can you connect me to your director? Um, without even building that relationship with that person first, I think, um, you know, that is definitely one of the mistakes that, you know, that I certainly made early on. Um, and I, you know, looking back, see how many opportunities that cost me and how much, um, you know, how many valuable relationships and bridges, you know, I probably burned early on making that, you know, rookie mistake of just trying to go up the food chain and not realizing, you know, what a good thing I had with the contacts who had engaged with me initially. Have you ever been in a situation where you've made, you know, all this rapport with either an IT leader or a C-level And by the end of the, you know, implementation cycle or the sales cycle, that person's not there anymore. Has that ever happened to you guys? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, This wasn't at the end of the sales cycle. This was actually our one of our very first, our oldest and largest customer. 
um, actually called me up to fire me about two months ago. Um, they had done a business restructure. Um, you know, ultimately great stuff. You know, they had just kind of gone from startup mode to, okay, we're a, we're a good size company now, and we just need to change the org to kind of take it to that next level. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that I built these fantastic relationships with over the past four years were pushed into, not pushed, but moved into different roles where I wouldn't be directly engaging with them. They wouldn't be involved in procurement. Some people left the company, new people were brought in and yeah, they just shuffled the whole deck and um, yeah, they're new. Uh, he was the director of IT at the time. He was VP now, but yeah, he called me up and just said, Hey, I know that we've been doing business with you and this is how Lance, uh, how, you know, our business has purchased services historically, but you know, we're not going to be doing that moving forward. Mm. Um, and that was, you know, definitely, a you know, feel a little anxiety. I feel the blood pressure, you know, go up when you get a conversation like that. Um, and luckily things, things worked out. Um, you know, my, my instinct was just to tell them how great we've been and how much value that we've brought to their company. And, you know, what a foolish decision this was. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, I, you know, I bit my tongue and I just let them vent and just said, Hey, like, um, you know, why, why are we having this conversation? Um, did you have a poor experience in the past? And, um, yeah, and that was exactly it. He had a, you know, really poor experience working with a, uh, you know, an advisor in the past, you know, somebody who kind of came in, promised the world, got the deal closed and then, you know, ghosted him. Um, and it left a really poor taste in his mouth. And, you know, that whole rising tide, you know, raises all ships is very true. It's also true. We can, you know, drag each other down. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it almost, it almost costs us, you know, a wonderful, loyal customer just because of a previous experience that were completely unrelated to us. So has that changed your sort of uh courting process or the uh just the discovery process in general knowing what you know now i mean h- how has that changed your process no as far as the courting process um no i guess it hasn't really um changed anything um you know i think what ryan said about just making sure that you know, we're building or building the relationships with the contacts we have, you know, not trying to go above anyone's head, um, building them, not only, um, you know, a lot of people want to build the, the relationships up, you know, it's okay to build it laterally or even down. A lot of the contacts we work with, you know, have like a network engineer, I'm sorry, a network, um, like a network admin, mm-hmm. uh, title, even it's not necessarily the director of it or the VP of it or the, you know, the C level, anything. So, um, I think those relationships are valuable and we've always really approached relationships, um, with the mindset that, I mean, everybody is important because I, we truly believe, believe that, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't care about anyone's <laughs> title really. Right. Um, and it's probably why we're entrepreneurs. You know, we just, we don't want titles. We just want to do our own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only reason I ask, it, oh, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Zach. Um, one thing I was going to say though, is um, one thing that has changed, not necessarily um, as part of that process, but it definitely reaffirmed this. And this has really just come from the share of knowledge from our technology advisor Alliance members 
is charging for your time and not giving your services away mm-hmm. um, and establishing an engagement agreement with our customers up front, yeah. um, you know, to really memorialize what the terms are going to be. You know, this is what you expect out of us. These are the services that we're going to be rendered. And if you take all the work we did and go buy it elsewhere, you know, there's a fee for that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we started out like a lot of agents do with, you know, hey, talk to us because we don't charge anything. Uh, you know, we'll do all right. this work for you. We'll bend over backwards and we won't charge you a dime. Right. Um, and, you know, we still do that for transactional, you know, SMB customers. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're realizing that with, you know, as you go up market and you're talking to, you know, mid-market and enterprise customers, especially, um, it changes the whole tone of the conversation up front. Like it becomes a much more serious conversation, you know, when they are fiscally invested, you know, yep. uh, financially invested in the relationship. Um, and it's, you know, there's, there's nothing but good that comes out of that. And, um, you know, when you have that memorialized, you know, it really sets the table, um, versus a lot of, well, like, Oh, you were free. So I just thought you would do this for us. And, um, you know, it's, we were talking about, you know, how do you convince the customer of the value that you're bringing to the table when you are starting the conversation day one with, Hey, I'm not worth anything. I don't charge anything. Everything I do is free. You know, it's to go back to somebody and start like, Hey, I've done thousands of dollars worth of work for you. And you're like, but you said it was free. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it also forces you as the agent to put more effort into what your value really is and what value you're bringing to the organization. Um, Absolutely. Which I think is really cool. I think, and, and I've actually talked to other uh, partners about that too, how, um, cause I, there's, I've heard that, that they don't charge anything up front, you know, and I, I suppose it could work if you've got the bandwidth um, for that. But I have heard there is a little bit more of a shift to that model where like, hey, look, I am going to bend over backwards for you and my time is valuable. You know, those two, those two things aren't mutually, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, so interesting. Now, I, I want to shift a little bit. Um, there's a lot of talk today about security. There's a lot of talk today about CX and that's just a whole thing in itself. It means different things to different people. There's a lot of uh, talk about AI. So, you know, as uh, as partners, I know that a lot of time and, and as a consumer, you know, we, we get hung up on the uh, the shiny objects, right? So how are you balancing what's popular with what your customers actually need? Hmm, great question. I'm going to let Ryan answer that. I think um, I never want my customers to be a guinea pig. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there is that temptation, you know, sometimes, especially when you sit through vent presentations, they're really flashy and sexy um, to say like, oh, you know, like I'm going to go sell the sizzle, you know, like this, you know, this is like really cool. I want to go, um, you know, talk about this with my customers, but um, you know, I think part of our role is really kind of taking that pragmatic approach to does this solve for anything? You know, is this actually making the user experience better? Is this saving people time in their day, or is this allowing them to produce better quality in the work that they're doing? Um, versus just like, hey, this is really cool, but then you deploy it and you're like, well, 
it's just kind of another tool. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's cool. It does some neat things, but it doesn't really fit into my workflow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I try to use a lot of the tools, you know, if I'm selling them to my customers, um, I like to be hands-on. I think that's just the, uh, you know, the engineer in me, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just like to get my hands dirty. Um, and even if I am kind of in just that procurement role now of, you know, lining up vendors, like I do like to be able to speak with confidence from firsthand experience, um, as much as I can. What do you think, Ashley? Oh, I mean, Ryan said it best. I mean, and, and he's, he's absolutely right. Like he does try a lot of different tools. Like I'm always like, what are, what are you working on? Like, um, and he's, he's sampling something new. He's very much a first adopter, but just like he said, you know, we don't want our customers to be the guinea pig. Mm -hmm. You know, our primary goal is to just to be their advocate, you know, and make sure that they're so, like anything we put in front of them is, is going to work and it's going to be like, it's going to solve whatever business challenge that they're looking to solve for. Um, so yeah, we're, we definitely, um, aren't swayed by flashy things. If anything, it's more to, to, uh, satisfy Ryan's curiosity and to <laughs> just gain knowledge about it. Um, you know, we use AI, I probably use, um, AI tools every single day. Um, but that, that doesn't mean that I'm going to put it in someone's business unless it's solving a problem that they're, that they're looking to fix. Yeah. Makes sense. So as, um, if you could speak from the perspective of adaptive, what sort of bold predictions do you have for the next couple, three years, call it? Yeah, I, I think AI is going to be transformative. Um, you know, I think this is going to be kind of the, you know, next.com industrial revolution, you know, whatever. Like, I think, um, it is really going to change, you know, many, many industries top to bottom. I mean, you even look at just kind of like the social engineering that salespeople do, uh, to profile a customer, you know, go look at it, you know, their LinkedIn posts and, you know, do some background, you know, information on them. Where did they go to school? You know, just so you can walk into conversations, um, you know, prepared, um, you know, or on the malicious side of things, you know, the social engineering, um, you know, scammers and stuff are doing, you know, that used to be minutes, hours, days of research can now be done in milliseconds, you know, um, it's, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, you're seeing all these crazy, you know, deep fake and AI, you know, scams popping up and, you know, you've got all these AI tools popping up on the security side to counter those threats. Um, you know, it kind of feels like, a, you know, an industrial revolution slash technology arms race. Um, mm -hmm. and it's going to be really interesting to see how that changes the landscape over the next few years. Agreed. What do you think, Ashley? Um, as far as like our role goes as technology advisors, um, I know there's a lot of talk about marketplaces and, you know, the channel being pushed out, but I have a prediction that it's, that's not going to happen. I mean, I, I know that marketplaces are a thing. I understand that, but I think that as long as there is a solution that, um, companies need, they're, they're always going to be needing a consultant to help them through it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that our role is ever going to be obsolete. Right. Well, and, and especially considering, you know, and, and I've heard this, but there's a lot of organizations that 
are not putting more resources into their IT staff. Um, they're being mm-hmm. more cautious. They're being more discretionary. And what that tells me is that they have less time to focus on more strategic initiatives. You know, they're, they, you know, maybe they're a leaner team. Um, maybe they, you know, more of their time is this, you know, provisioning of hardware or, or what have you. And that to me says that they need more of what the channel does, you know, um, I don't know. Absolutely. I think, I think you're right. I think we'll be more in demand than ever. And I think that, you know, every vendor, you know, needs to have a very strong channel strategy and they also need to focus, um, not simply on acquisition, which is primarily what we're, we're used for now. Um, but they need to involve us in more stages of the process you know, renewals and, you know, all throughout the process, I think that they need to find ways to, uh, bring us in because it makes a huge difference, like throughout the entire life cycle of the customer's journey, mm-hmm. not just the acquisition. hundred percent. Um, so, you know, one of the questions that I just thought of was, and we talked about this last time, but this concept of, high ride or high tides raises all ships. And I know you guys started the technology advisor Alliance. So I want to definitely get into that. You know, where was the gap that you saw or what was the gap and what led you to start the TAA? You know, I guess we were, we were just, we were, when we started in the industry, we found it challenging to find the information that we needed, like straight up information. Cause there were a lot of people willing to help TSDs, vendors, but all of those folks, you know, they, they were willing to help, but they also had their own motivations, right? They have, they have their own goals in mind. Like they're, they're interested in gaining our partnership and there's nothing, you know, malicious or bad about that, but it wasn't exactly what we were looking for. You know, we were looking for, you know, advice on what it's like to actually do this role. Mm -hmm. So who better to ask than people that actually do this role, right? So they, they, they have the same perspective and, you know, have gone through the same experiences or similar experiences. And so really we just started reaching out to people via LinkedIn, making connections, making friendships. And it, it really, um, just grew from there, sparked an idea that, you know, we should, we should formalize this, you know, we, because um, we got personally got so much out of the information we learned from other advisors and, you know, other other people were reaching out to us for help, too. Um, so we we created the alliance and um, we're just so blown away by the platform that we're using. We think it's it's amazing. Um, and it's just very functional and allows people to really interact and engage. And we get, we actually have analytics. We can see like, who's, you know, who, who's in there and you know, how much they're engaged. Um, but yeah, Ryan take over. Cause I'm, I'm running on it off on a tangent here. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, I think we went seeking the TA before we built it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a car enthusiast, motorcycle enthusiast. I've been a part of a lot of, you know, like online communities. And, you know, it was just kind of shocking to me that like I can go find thorough 
detailed information on like how to rebuild the brakes on my vintage land cruiser, you know, for like this community. But like, I can't find any information from peers on like how to structure my business or, you know, how to write a customer engagement agreement or master services agreement or, you know, like any Which of this Which DSDs are good to work with. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, we're like, why? why doesn't this exist? This just seems like such a basic need, uh, you know, to share amongst peers, you know? Um, and since we couldn't find it, we, we just decided that, you know, somebody needed to do it. So let's execute on this and let's build it. I love it. It's funny because that's literally the reason I started this podcast was like, you know, there's got to be, and, and you know, it's interesting that I'm doing this from a, supplier perspective, but it really, you know, it is the same goal. Like suppliers should be talking to partners just the same as TSDs should be talking to partners because partners are who really drive the business, the channel forward. And if Mm -hmm. we can't all collaborate together and learn from each other, like what the heck are we doing? You know, and I, I think in, in all the engagements that I've had in my limited time at Evolve with partners, there really is, you know, and, and you guys are onto something for sure. There's, there is a hunger and a desire for that collaboration. And I think that's why that, you know, it was such an important topic today. It's, it's, it's great work that you guys are doing. And, and I'm curious to know, like, what's, what's next for the TAA? You know, what are, what are some of the big rocks that you guys have? Before we jump Ryan, in and answer that, I, I don't know how to, much we, oh yeah, go ahead. I, I just want to say too, um, you know, you mentioned it's important for the vendors and TSDs to talk to the agents, but I think it's just as important for the vendors and TSDs to be talking to each other. Um, you know, you know, from like the vendor perspective, you know, we're all competitors, you're competing for the same, you know, mind share and customers, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a big ocean out there. There's lots of opportunity and you know, I'd love to see like less of the scarcity mindset in the channel, you know, and more of this collaborative growth mindset. Um, you know, it's, it's funny having been on the vendor side and now being on the agent side, it's like a lot of people are, you know, throwing good people and resources and money and beating their heads against the wall, like say, you know, solving the same problems over and over again, when they could be collaborating and being a lot more efficient. Um, yeah. And ultimately the customer wins when that happens. Ashley, I think you were about to say something. Um, I, I kind of lost my train of thought because I, I was just listening to Ryan. Um, no, he, he, he's exactly right. I mean, we, we, we see like a huge need, um, for collaboration in the channel. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about we need this centralized portal and people think like, oh, vendors need to put all their information in a portal and then everyone needs one portal. And I don't think that's right. I think there needs to be a centralized communication Mm. system for the channel. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a lot of times that, you know, vendors are, are, are spending so much time with these individual conversations when they could just get it out. And it's not necessarily something they want to post on LinkedIn, right? Like I I know a lot of our industry is on LinkedIn, but there are certain things that you want to keep, you know, within, you know, your community your sales community or, Mm. you know, your, just your industry. Right. So, um, you know, what's next for the TAA? Um, we have so much on the horizon. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I don't know how much we can say right now. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I, go ahead. I can't really see who's, who's anything. So tell them what you want to tell them. <laughs> yeah. I, um, 
gosh, I don't know what to start or where to start. You know, we've got a lot on the roadmap. Um, you know, one of the things that we are launching, you know, right now um, is kind of a partnership program, um, you know, outside of the agent community, um, you know, because the TAA is for, you know, the advisors. Um, yes. But we have a lot of other great people in the channel that are with TSDs, that are with, you know, vendors or, you know, other businesses that serve the channel. Um, who's just like, I love what you're doing and I want to be a part of it somehow. Like, how can I engage with your community? How can I collaborate and bring value? Um, so we are uh, launching a, a partner perks program that will be, you know, for vendors and, you know, people who serve the channel who want to bring something unique uh, to the community, you know, something of value uh, to the community. It's not like a, hey, sell your first deal, get a $500 gift card kind of thing. Um, you know, right. something that is material. Um, so that is that is one of the things we're working on right now. But yeah, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> There's really a lot, Zach, and I, I don't think we're like at a place to announce it yet. But as soon as we, um, as soon as we do, you will be one of the first people we call because, um, you know, we just, we believe that, you know, you're, you're out here with the, a, a similar kind of mission. So, uh, we're, we're excited. 2024 will be, will be a big year for, um, the TAA and communities and collaboration. And I love it. Yeah. You'll, you'll be it. a part of it for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, and I, I like the cliffhanger, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot coming and, uh, I'm excited yes. for you guys. You're, you're both killing it. Um, so let's go to the book. Okay. So yes. how many, you know, where did the idea from the book come or for the book come from? Um, and how did you actually start executing on, on getting it done? And straight yeah, out of Ashley's so, brain. And then about 30 seconds later, she was working on it and sending people emails. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how Ryan and I operate. It's, it's so fun that way. We, you know, we'll go on a hike or go for a walk or something and then come up with an idea and then boom, like as soon as we get back to our desk, we are working on it. And that's, that's really how, how this came about. Um, you know, just with the same themes, right? Zach, like collaboration, um, helping each other, sharing best practices, like not just being closeted and keeping everything to ourselves and trying to get, you know, an inch high, better than my competitors. Like yeah. we want to share all these things and, and then like help the whole industry get better. So, so that's the, the goal of the book really is, um, this book is unique because, um, it's taking a whole bunch of people from the channel from all different roles of the channel. Yeah. So we, we did a project like this last year that was very successful. We called it advice from top agents and it only featured technology advisors or agents. Mm -hmm. Um, and this project we wanted to, to make even bigger and we, um, wanted to take more perspectives because I think one of the gaps as we've already talked about is, is, um, you know, people not understanding each other and having different goals, having different motivations, right? Like as a technology advisor, I come from a different perspective than, than a vendor does or a TSD does or a yep. consultant does or a journalist does, right? So if we put, um, if we, you know, ask questions and we, and we put those advice from those folks from different roles all in the same book. And mm -hmm. so you can, um, read their perspectives. And, um, really the goal is just to spread understanding within the channel about each other's roles, share some advice, 
give you a, give the reader a, a quick start to, um, you know, just really understanding the channel better. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's really the, how it came about, what it's all about. We have 41 incredible authors, um, in the book that have shared so much. Like, I feel like Ryan and I have a competitive advantage right now because we've already read the book. So, um, I would encourage people to go out and, and get the book. And, uh, the cool part is the book costs whatever you want it to cost, right? Mm-hmm. So you can make a donation in any amount and a hundred percent of the proceeds for what people donate will be, or sorry, the hundred percent of the proceeds of what you choose to pay are donated to one of four channel charities. That's amazing. Uh, we've partnered with McNeese Kids, TLV Charities, um, the Ford Please Project, and Tech for Change. And all of those are our channel charities. So yeah, if you haven't gotten the book yet when you're watching this, go on out. Uh, the website is channelunlocked.com and you get to choose which, which charity your donation goes to. Beautiful. I love it. Yes. I love it. I told Ryan before this podcast, I was like, let's make sure we're not long winded. And here I am. Sorry about that. No, no, you guys did great. You guys (laughs) did great. Um, So uh, yeah, I encourage everybody to go out, go to channel unlocked, channel unlocked, right? Yep. Channelunlocked.com. I always like to end with a final question and take your time. So if you had to give yourself or anybody advice, you know, think about your yourself, just getting into the channel, breaking into the technology space. Let's focus on the channel, just breaking into the channel. What advice would you give to yourselves or to, you know, a brand new technology advisor? What would that be? Yeah. I mean, the advice I would give is just, the simplest advice I would say, just do something right. Like execute on your idea. Don't worry about if it's perfect. Nobody is watching you as, or criticizing you as much as you're criticizing you. Like no one is going to see every word you write on LinkedIn, every email you send, right? Don't worry about being scared to do something or how you speak or how you write or whatever, just do something. Um, because good things happen when you just get to work. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think my answer would be, you know, right in lockstep with Ashley and my advice would be protect your green time. Um, you know, I think when you first get into the channel and engage with TSDs and vendors immediately, your inbox gets flooded with invites to lunch and learns, invites to events, invites to webinars. And, um, you know, you're so excited, especially, you know, if you're coming from like a, uh, you know, carrier like us from Comcast, where you have this just like limited region, you can sell limited tool set. Like, I can sell everything. I can sell anywhere on the planet. It's so exciting. I want to learn everything. Um, and, you know, doing those things is exhausting. Like it's mentally draining. It sucks up your time. And, you know, I think we both kind of ended up, or at least I definitely fell victim to this of, you know, being months into the role and just being like, okay, I have a head full of vendor knowledge. It's all mushy now because I didn't apply it. You know, I just learned it and then didn't do anything with it. And right. I have been out selling. Um, you know, I haven't been out just doing what is going to grow the business and produce revenue. 
Um, and I think that is, you know, the biggest advice that I would turn around and give myself or any new agents is just, you know, cut through the noise, focus on green time. Doesn't matter how you know much you know about the industry or vendors or services if you don't have customers to have those conversations with. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Thank you both so much. Um, I really, really appreciate everything that you're doing for the channel. I appreciate you both coming on today. We had a lot of fun. Um, maybe we could follow up and do a second one of these in a few months uh, when you get settled in in Portugal, which I would love and I would appreciate the opportunity. But thank you both so much. Um, you've got big things going on. You're, you're doing so much for the channel. I just I can't thank you enough. So um, how can how can people find you? How can they reach out to you? And right back at you, Zach, I think that you're, you're so smart to do this podcast and we appreciate the opportunity to, to be a guest, be guests. Um, so you guys can find us, um, technologyadvisoralliance.com. Join our community. If you can, that's the best way to interact with us. Relationships take time. Um, and then you can also find us on LinkedIn, Ryan Rowland, Ashley Rowland, and then uh, you can find us at adaptive2u.com. Love it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching this episode. And we will catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks so, much. so much. Cheers. That's a wrap on this episode of the Channel Champions podcast. You can find this and all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite streaming platforms. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, guests, or topics, please reach out to us. We appreciate you coming along with us on this journey and hope you'll be back for the next episode. Until then, stay tuned, stay connected, and stay inspired.